Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Matthew. Hey, thanks for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. And I am certainly ready to talk about the Bible because we are getting into some crazy stuff here in Matthew chapter 26. So why don't we just jump right in and let's start talking about this. We will be reading Matthew chapter 26 verses 55 through 68 today. So go ahead and grab your Bible and your cup of coffee. And I will be reading out of the WEB version of the Bible this morning. In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber, with swords and clubs to seize me? I sat daily in the temple teaching, and you didn't arrest me. But all this has happened, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had taken Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. But Peter followed him from a distance to the court of the high priest and entered in and sat with the officers to see the end. Now the chief priests, the elders, and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, and they found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that they testify against you? But Jesus stayed silent. The high priest answered him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. Nevertheless, I tell you, after this, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of the sky. Then the high priest tore his clothing, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Behold, now we have heard this blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He is worthy of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who hit you? Man, I got a little teary there towards the end reading this because it's just so sad. It's just a sad state of events, everything that happened to Jesus and how he just didn't deserve any of this. So back in Gethsemane, Jesus was praying to God and pleading with God and everything like that. We talked about that on Thursday of last week. And basically, Jesus was finished praying and all of a sudden, Judas comes up to Jesus, who was one of his 12 disciples, one of Jesus's best friends who was with Jesus all the time. Like if you think about how close Jesus and Judas really were, it's kind of mind mind-boggling. Like for two years, Judas was following Jesus around and and possibly performing miracles with him. And, and they slept together in the same places and the same houses and they shared meals together and everything like that. Like they traveled around together a lot. So for one of Jesus's best friends to do this to him would have just been mind-boggling. You know, like who betrays their best friend like that? Judas brought these officers, these police officers to Gethsemane, which he probably knew Jesus 
Jesus was there. He brought the officers to Gethsemane to basically arrest Jesus. And he told everybody in the multitude, he's like, okay, so the one that I kiss with a greeting, that is the one that you can arrest. And of course, maybe some of the multitude didn't know what Jesus looked like, or it could have been very dark outside. So they weren't sure which of Jesus's many disciples he was or something like that. So they, they probably couldn't recognize Jesus in the dark. You know, they didn't have the same kind of light that we have nowadays. But basically, Judas betrays Jesus with a friendly kiss. So yes, he was one of Jesus's friends. And so Jesus ends up getting arrested by all of these people. And so Jesus says to them here in verse 55, he's like, what am I, some kind of a robber that you're coming out with all of these multitudes of people with swords and clubs and everything to arrest this this dangerous criminal? Am I that kind of person? He's like, no, I was sitting in the temple. I was sitting in church preaching on a daily basis and you didn't come and arrest me then. So why now? And so then he says, the reason this is happening is because the scriptures are getting fulfilled. And Jesus said that. He said that out loud. He's like, why are you coming and doing this now? It's because we are about to fulfill the scriptures. And so then after all of this happened, it says that the disciples left him and fled. So Jesus was absolutely 100% right that the disciples were not going to stay by his side and that they were going to flee. They didn't want to also get arrested or die or anything like that. They wanted to preserve their lives and flee. So Jesus was absolutely right when he said that every single one of the disciples was going to be made to stumble that night and every single one of them left. Jesus was left all by himself during the worst time of his entire life. He was completely alone with no friends, nothing beside him. And so it says here that they take Jesus away and they lead him to the house of Caiaphas, who was the high priest at this time. Now, Caiaphas, something I learned from history, he was actually a high priest that was the high priest for longer than most of the other high priests. And that is because he probably knew how to deal with Rome and may have also been on Rome's side and stuff like that. And that is why he was the high priest for so long. And so Caiaphas was the high priest for so long. But there's actually records that state, and I don't know if this is 100% true or not. So don't quote me on this. But there's actually records that state that Caiaphas committed suicide two years after Jesus uh, was resurrected. But I don't know if that's 100% accurate or not. But I thought that was an interesting little piece of information to share with you guys. But anyway, so Caiaphas was the high priest. And so Jesus is taken to his house. And there is a bunch of scribes and elders already gathered together. So the Sanhedrin were already there. And uh, who knows what what other scribes and Pharisees and whoever was at Caiaphas's house. And so it says here in verse 58 that Peter followed him from a distance to the court of the high priest and entered in and sat with the officers to see the end. So Peter was determined to prove Jesus wrong, even though Jesus was already correct in the fact that Peter had already left, like he was gone. But Peter's like, no, I'm going to stay and see what happens. And so and says here that Peter is staying a far distance behind to see what would happen to Jesus. And he, he sits here in the court, uh, probably um, the, the court of the high priest. So probably the high priest's house had an outer court that people could potentially gather in or whatever. Because customs were completely different back then and people were more open to having other people on their property and stuff like that. And so it says here that Peter is sitting in the outer court of the high priest's house. And so um, he wanted to see what would happen to Jesus. So it says here that in verse 59, 
that a bunch of chief priests and elders and scribes and Sanhedrin and everything like that, they are coming together to the house of the high priest. And we have to remember that this was at night. This was probably very late at night. And actually, one of the laws of the Pharisees was that they were not supposed to have a court session at night. So they were breaking their own laws. In fact, they were breaking many, many laws, not just their own, but some of the laws of God here. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, it says here in verse 59 that the chief priests tried to find these false witnesses, so people that could basically um, say a bunch of crap about Jesus in order to get Jesus killed. They didn't have anything, anything against Jesus that could possibly uh, get him killed. So they had to bring together a bunch of false witnesses, and they were searching out false witnesses to try to get Jesus killed. That was their prime goal here. And so they're searching out these, these false testimonies from people so that they could put him to death, is what it says in verse 59, and they found none. So the interesting thing about that is just think about the public life that Jesus had. He was always out in the public constantly out in the public and uh, he was just always in front of everybody and yet no one could find a false witness against Jesus even though he had such a public life he did nothing wrong during all of that time that even false witnesses were not found it says here that a bunch of false witnesses came forward but they couldn't find two and that was part of their law part of the Jewish law was that two witnesses, not just one, because one could be lying. It had to be two witnesses with the same story. They had to be brought forward to um, a court session and stuff like that in order to uh, basically testify against the person who was on in trial or something like that. So two witnesses had to be found with the same story, and they couldn't find two witnesses with the same story. A bunch of people came forward with a bunch of false testimonies and stuff like that, but two could not be found. So then it says here that finally two witnesses came forward and said, this man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And so these two witnesses come forward, these two false witnesses make this uh, elaborate claim about something Jesus said. But the fact was, if we look at that verse in John, it was actually, if you look at that verse in John where Jesus says that, it's actually Jesus talking about himself. He says, when you destroy this temple, I can rebuild it in three days. And Jesus, of course, was talking about himself, and we know that now. But these witnesses are coming forward to say that Jesus was basically doing a bomb threat against the temple. (laughs) And uh, basically saying that he was going to destroy the temple and build it up in three days. So they were twisting what Jesus said, of course, as always, as what people do often. And they come forward and make this elaborate claim that Jesus was going to destroy the temple and build it again in three days, almost like a terrorist attack or something like that. Now, one thing I want to mention before we move forward is that also the Jewish law states that if a uh, person is on trial and somebody comes up and makes a false claim against that person, the person who gives the false testimony was actually supposed to be put to death. God put that law in place so that uh, People couldn't just go to trial and have all these false claims stacked up against them. It was to preserve the truth and not just 
kill people on trial all the time, but actually learn the truth to see if they were innocent or not. And so God had told the Jewish people that if anybody makes a false testimony in a court, that person is supposed to be put to death because that is not supposed to happen. Truth is supposed to be preserved. And so God put that in place. But <laughs> here, the Pharisees who know the law inside and out are searching for false witnesses. And the ones that did come forward, nothing happened to them. They weren't put to death. Nothing happened to them. And so it's just amazing these the hypocrisy of these Pharisees that though they know the laws inside and out and act like they are so holy, they're fully 100% completely just doing whatever they want. They're doing whatever they want. They know the laws and yet they're breaking the laws themselves. So now here it says that the high priest Caiaphas stands up and says to Jesus, have you no answer? What is this that these testify against you? So Jesus was remaining quiet this entire time while these false witnesses were coming up against him and just showing everybody in the court that, you know, Jesus didn't have to give a testimony himself. The people themselves were giving their own testimonies by not being able to find anything about Jesus at all that could condemn him. Jesus didn't have to say a word because he was, had nothing, he had done nothing wrong. And yet the actions of the people are just proving how innocent Jesus really was. So Jesus didn't say anything. And so now the high priest Caiaphas is getting super angry and he says, Jesus, have you no answer? What is this that these testify against you? And so Jesus remained silent. So then the high priest says to him, he says, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the son of God. And so now it comes down to this, the real reason why Caiaphas and the other priests and uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and stuff hated Jesus. It comes down to this and Caiaphas finally states it. He says, we arrested you because we are jealous of you and we don't like the fact that you are the Messiah. And so he says, I put you under an oath. This is what Caiaphas is basically saying. I put you under an oath by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Messiah. So finally, Jesus says, he says to him, you have said so. Nevertheless, I tell you, after this, you will see me, the son of man, sitting at the right hand of power. So basically saying, sitting at God's side, God's right hand, you will see me sitting at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of the sky. And so now Jesus is talking once again about his return to the earth. Everyone Every single person, dead and alive, is going to see Jesus and bow the knees, what it says in the Bible. They are going to bow at Jesus because they are going to finally state that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of God. Every single mouth will state that Jesus is the Messiah. Isn't that interesting? And he is saying to Caiaphas, you are going to do this. You are going to see me sitting in power and you are going to state that I am the son of God. So now Caiaphas gets infuriated. It says here that he tears his clothing. 
which was another unlawful thing for the high priest to do. It said in Leviticus that uh, the high priests were supposed to be set apart and be they were supposed to act different from other people. Now, tearing of the clothes back then was a very culturally accepted thing to do when someone was mourning or upset or something like that. But the high priest was not ever supposed to do this because he was supposed to be set apart from the people as a holy man. And yet here Caiaphas is, uh, <laughs> he is tearing his clothing. And so there's several things here that the priests and the high priest are doing that are just completely uh, criminating themselves pretty much. They're completely uh, just ignoring the laws. I mean, they weren't supposed to have trials at night. They weren't supposed to have false witnesses. They weren't supposed to tear their clothing. And yet we see them just breaking law after law after law right in front of Jesus and stuff like that. In verse 66, it says that Caiaphas asks the crowd, what do you guys think, basically? And uh, they answer, he is worthy of death. And then they start beating on Jesus, who was completely silent up until this point. It says that they're spitting on him. They spat in his face and they're beating him with their fist and they're slapping him and they're saying, prophesy to us, you Christ, who hit you? And so they are basically just completely beating down on Jesus during this uh, this trial that actually wasn't even an official trial yet because they end up having another trial for him in the morning, which was an official trial. They're beating down on Jesus and spitting on him and just blaspheming him and saying all sorts of just terrible things to Jesus like, who hits you? And just all sorts of awful things. Now join me on Thursday to discuss the rest of this chapter. We're going to see what Peter does here during the end of this chapter. So join me then at 6 a.m. or later. And also join me tomorrow for an episode out of Exodus. And friends, I also want to make an announcement. I'm going to be having some awesome guest speakers on the podcast pretty soon. I'm very excited about this new step that the podcast is taking because I just, honestly, I get sick of my hearing my own voice. And since it's a daily podcast, I do a lot of recording. And I am so tired of hearing myself, guys. It's just crazy. So I'm going to be having a lot of really awesome guests on the podcast podcast pretty soon here and uh, ones that have podcasts themselves or are preachers or anything like that and uh, you guys can look forward to that in the future but friends and faithful listeners i want you guys to have a fantastic rest of your day happy listening and god bless